from the land of conjurers flying through the internet to your device like a UAP, hauntingly unexplained and downright weird. This is the Witching Hours, and we are ready to take off in the flash of an eye. Good evening to one and all, wherever and whenever you are listening to this program. I am China the Frost, and joining me as always is the magnificent medium. Jenny Lee, how are you? Man, I got an adjective today. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I chopped all my hair off and I'm still trying to get used to it. <laughs> and I just burnt my tongue on my tea. There Other than that, I'm doing all right. <laughs> yeah, I got, I'm coming down with a case of the sickies, I think. Yeah, so, poor Frosty's not feeling so good. Taking a quick temperature reading before we jumped mm-hmm. on tonight. So we'll get through yeah. it. Yeah. No fever yeah. yet, but who knows? <clears throat> who knows what tomorrow brings? Thanks, folks. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, we made it to another Thursday. Here we are. Uh, here we are. We weren't here last Thursday. We had an yeah. uh, engagement going on. So we had the, uh, well, we had the one from Hanover Tavern last week. So everyone got to see kind of what happened at yeah. the paranormal paracon there at, uh, <clears throat> at Hanover Tavern. That was a fun time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have that going on. And uh, yeah. So we're back at it again. Real quick, just to kind of go over what we have going on uh, tonight, uh, we are going to uh, have the Priestess of Wonderland uh, uh, making an appearance to talk about the moon phases for February, and today is February 1st. Yay! Um, so off we go, and in February, uh, we're going to have uh, quite the lineup. Uh, joining us tonight is Austin Wells. We're going to have Marv Machura uh, next week. Kim Sage, uh, one of Jenny's uh, yeah, friends on the 15th. On the 22nd, we're going to have Ron Moorhead on to talk about Bigfoot. And, Bigfoot! Yeah, there's going to be some good so audio. Exciting. I have a feeling to listen to that night. And then uh, <laughs> on the 29th of the month, we have uh, Sarah Bressman Cosme coming on Leap Day. Leap Day. I didn't even think. Oh, about it. it's on Leap Day. It's That's Leap good. Day. That's perfect because she's always talking about some weird stuff. <laughs> I think so. I'm talking about weird stuff. She's talking about weird stuff. <laughs> so there we go. That's what we have. Uh, that's what we have coming up this month. So it's going to be fun. We're looking forward to it. And thank you, everyone, for coming in and hanging out with us and making this so much fun to do. Yes. All right. We ready to get into some news, Jenny? What's the weird news? So this week we have some leftovers. We have some leftover <laughs> news. Uh, last week, we already our, did yeah, this. Actually, our news segment didn't record, so we're gonna. We didn't. You didn't get the news last week, so we're gonna do the news. We recorded week. it live at the Hanover Tavern, mm-hmm. and there was no audio, was so no audio. we get to do it for a second time. We'll do it a second time. <laughs> um, so uh, first story is Lost Atlantis continent, Australia may have been home for a half a million humans seventy thousand years ago. Uh, so about seventy thousand years ago, a vast swath of Land that's now submerged off the coast of Australia could once uh, could once have supported a population to half a million people. The undersea territory was so large it could have functioned as a stepping stone for migration from modern day Indonesia to Australia. Finds a new study published in December in the journal Quaternary Science Reviews. And I think at this point I interrupted you to say that there's no way a half a million people would have lived on there because there wasn't that many people then. Um, but they're just saying that the land could is have. big enough that it well, could have supported half a million people. This is one of the questions that we've had with the out of Africa theory is mm-hmm. like, how did they get to remote places like Australia? Yeah. 
because there was land in between you didn't have a pangea continent at that point the earth looked pretty similar to the way it does now and so how do people get to australia (laughs) and so this is one of the things that could have happened yeah we're talking about a landscape that's quite submerged over 100 meters below sea level today um uh, Cassie Norman, an archaeologist at Griffith University in Queensland, Australia, and lead author, author on the new study, told Live Science, this Australian Atlantis comprised a large stretch of continental shelf that went above sea level, uh, would have connected the regions of Kimberley and Arnhem land, which they are separated by a large ocean bay. The ancient hmm. expanded Australian landmass once formed part <clears throat> of a paleo continent that connected modern-day Australia, New Guinea, in Tasmania into a single unit known as Sahul. So the Not article goes Zool. on. No. <laughs> the article goes on, but I think it's uh, you know one of those things where we're starting to you know find out uh, that there's been lots of lands that have been swallowed by the ocean at some point in time. Yeah. And, uh, maybe, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, we'll see, but. Uh, when we start talking about Atlantis and you start talking about Lumeria, it seems like there's a possibility for lots of other lost continents. So, yeah, and wasn't wasn't there some? Was that the one we were talking about where there was like there was rings? They were seeing the rings, or was that a different? Was that a different one? Yeah. Oh, I can't hear you. Is did you oh, mute? I did. Mute yeah, your coughing. <laughs> yeah. So there was a there was a there was a uh, uh, some rings some rings of uh, yeah. that were surrounding it too. So which the were. rings or Atlantis is supposed to have the ring the rings. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Story number two: uh, New evidence discovered in the DB Cooper skyjacking case uncovers a compelling person of interest. So, oh yeah, this is a good one. Investigators are one step closer to uncovering the identity of the infamous plane hijacker DB Cooper after new evidence came to light. History's great mystery star Eric Eulis, who is an expert at investigating crimes, uh, shared with Fox News that a microscopic metal fragment found on Cooper's tie has led him to a theory of who uh, the famed plane hijacker could be. Cooper is known for threatening to blow up a commercial jet uh, going from Portland to Seattle, Washington in 1971 before leaping into the night with a parachute and 200000 he extorted as ransom. Uh, while his identity has never been discovered, he did live, leave behind a clip-on tie on a seat on the plane which several investigators have used as a starter clue. So <clears throat> this is where it gets interesting. The investigator told Fox News the scientists have applied uh, sticky stubs to the tie, which was likely purchased at J.C. Penney around the Christmas season in 1964 <laughs> for $1.49. Uh, that, that was a pretty old tie in 1971. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I don't know. My ties are probably older than that at this point. That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> and it was at Penny's, Keisha. It was yeah. at Penny's. Uh, pulling off some of the particles on it, so far scientists have pulled more than 100,000 particles from the clothing item. He said he was able to trace three of the fragments, which were partly made up of stainless steel and titanium found on the tie mm-hmm. using U.S. patents, 
which led him to a Pennsylvania plant called Crucible Steel. He described the company as a significant subcontractor all throughout the 1960s that supplied the lion's share of titanium and stainless steel for Boeing's aircraft. Mmm. The plot thickens. Yeah, Euless told Fox News that if Cooper worked at Crucible Steel, he would have had extensive knowledge of the plane he hijacked, a Boeing 727 aircraft, along with knowledge Mm -hmm. of the Seattle location where Crucible Mm -hmm. Steel workers often traveled for business as Boeing was their contractor. He also noted that Boeing had a significant downturn in 1971 when the hijacking occurred and that it's reasonable to deduce that D.B. Cooper may well have been part of that downturn. So maybe he was like laid they off. Got, people got laid off. Yeah. The investigator hmm. and researcher uh, told the outlet that he believed these findings point to the company's titanium research engineer, a person named Vince Peterson, who died in 2002 as the identity of Cooper. I can mm. put him in Seattle. I can put him at Boeing, Eula said. He's a compelling person of interest. However, he also added that he isn't crossing off any of the suspects off the list until he can fully solidify his findings. As for now, he said he's going to continue to dig into Peterson's history. There's a lot of stuff they got off of that tie. hundred particles of things. I mean, it sounds... I mean, it sounds compelling. I think, you know, you're able to yeah. get the metals that time at a place. And now you're mm-hmm. starting to build what could possibly be a motive for why a story. He was, for sure. yeah. So it'd be interesting to keep up with that. And then the uh, yeah. third story tonight is the chandelier UAP photo shows strange object over the Persian Gulf. So a photo was taken from a video shot by a military thermographic forward looking infrared camera or FLIR. According uh, to Corbel, the object is officially designated a UAP or unknown aerial phenomena by the Pentagon. If you look at the bottom of it, it looks like a chandelier. I think I put a, a, a copy of that in, uh, in Discord. In the photo, the object also looks star-shaped, and some have suggested it resembles the chaos star or the symbol of chaos. Um, I hope the full video of the chandelier UAP does come out, he said, presumably released by the Pentagon. The Defense Department has established an all-domain anomaly resolution office, which is taken with investigating UAP reports and sightings. Other images and photos are available to the public on the website. The chandelier photo is featured in a new documentary series, uh, and they're going to be talking about uh, about that one specifically. So, uh, when was the sight? When was the sighting? Does it say? Uh, I don't know. It was just released. Well, there we go. Uh, well, no, that's the jellyfish one. They don't have a, a date for this one. Okay. But it's been released by the Pentagon. And then they start talking about the uh, the jellyfish UAP that was caught flying out of the U.S. military installation in 2018, which I'll show you that one. It looks like the... Uh, yeah. It's yeah, like a... Like an imperial probe uh, yeah. droid or something. Yeah, droid. <laughs> yeah. So lots of, lots of weird things are being seen in the sky. Seems to be happening even more frequently than it was before, believe it or not. Uh, mm-hmm. So keep your eyes peeled when you're outside. And if you get a good picture, go yeah. throw it on our Discord. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that was the news. Whee! For the second time for us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, firstly, uh, what we're going to do here is we are going to um, welcome on uh, our first guest for the evening to, to talk about the moon phases for February, February 1st. We're going to talk about what this month has in store for you, what the moon has in store for you. 
And so we're going to uh, move over and let uh, Allison, the priestess of Winterland, uh, hmm. tell us what we have going on here. Yay. Hello, Witching Hours podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm sorry I couldn't be there live. I've got some moon energy for the month of February to talk to you about today. Okay, so going into the month of February, I think we're we're really going to be able to tap into Aquarius energy and how we relate to it and how we respond to it, how we react to it, how we integrate it and how we want to approach it as we are entering that age of Aquarius that Pluto transitioned us into. I do want to say that we got a little bit of a taste of Pluto and Aquarius last spring. Uh, Pluto did did enter Aquarius for a few months and then it retrograded back into Capricorn. Now it's in Aquarius again. And at the in the fall, Pluto is going to retrograde back into Capricorn again for a little bit before it goes back into Capricorn. So I think this is or before it goes back into Aquarius. So I think this is really kind of nice of Pluto to do this because it's it's such a big transformational planet that or a small transformational planet <laughs> because wasn't it not a planet for a while? I don't know. Um, I think that's really nice. It like gave us gives us a little taste. Hey, this is what the age of Aquarius is like or this is what Pluto and Aquarius is going to feel like. And that was around the time that we had the UFO disclosure and and that is Aquarian energy is new technology, new ways of thinking, out of the box thinking. This is it's the age of Aquarius because it's like it's transitioning us into a new way of being and opening us up to new ideas that we maybe never would have thought about when the moon or when Pluto was in Capricorn because Capricorn is all about tradition and doing things a very specific way. So, so the beginning of Fe February has us in Aquarius season. This means that the sun is in Aquarius and uh, we won't move into Pisces until the 18th. So for the first few weeks of February, the sun is in Aquarius. Uh, we had our big full moon in Leo last week. So now we have a last quarter moon. We have a waning moon. This is decreasing energy and slowing down. So for the first few days of February, we have um, the last quarter moon and into waning crescent moon, which will bring us to our new moon the following week. Uh, before the new moon, before the new moon, you're going to see that Mercury will enter into Aquarius. So Mercury is the planet of communication. So this helps us discover or learn or try out new ways of communicating. Um, so that, again, is going to bring in some more of that Aquarius energy um, on February 5th. And then on then we have our Aquarius new moon on February 9th. So on an Aquarius new moon, you want to start setting intentions around new ways of approaching things like Probably for the month of January, you've been thinking about what are my goals for this year? What are my plans for this year? And Aquarius helps us figure out how to do it. It helps us come up with different ideas. It's an air sign, which is mental activity and wisdom and knowledge. And so this is, I want to do this thing. How can I do it? And Aquarius energy helps us figure out new ways of doing things. It's just a new way of being, a new way of thinking. 
Then the following week, Mars is going to move into Aquarius. Mars is the planet of action. It's how we approach things. It's how we do things. Uh, Mars is also how we how we argue, how we have conflict, how we have interaction. And Aquarius, again, is new ways of doing that, new ways of, of approaching your goals, new ways of approaching your how you physically act in the world, how you go about your day, how you move physically move in the world. And then on February 16th, Venus is moving into Aquarius. Venus is the planet of love. In relationships it's how we interact with people it's how we uh integrate and socialize with people and aquarius is a new way of doing that how can you love differently how can you show love and affection differently how can you think more heart-centered how can you think with your heart and not so much with your mind that's kind of a difficult thing for aquarius to do so for the first half of february we can really get to know Aquarius energy because we've got the sun. We've got the sun in Aquarius. We've got Pluto in Aquarius. We've got Mercury, Mars, and Venus in Aquarius. So this is a lot of Aquarius energy. And then we had our our new Aquarius moon. So for the first few weeks, like really see like, oh, this is what Aquarius energy feels like. Just kind of notice it, be be aware of it and see see if, if anything jumps out at you that's like, oh, And that's going to be the thing that helps you remember all of the different zodiac signs is when you actually physically experience and bring awareness to it. That's when you can start to remember, oh, yeah, Aquarius season is right after the new year. It's like we're trying new things. We're doing new things. And uh, that's how I like to look at astrology. And and that's how I remember it is I think of the season, I think of the time and I think of my own personal experience, because my experience with. Aquarius is going to be totally different to anybody else's. So after all of that Aquarius energy, the sun is going to move into Pisces. And then slowly the other planets will as well. We've got Mercury going into Pisces the next week. Next month, we'll have Venus in Pisces. You can see it over there on the other side. That's March 11th. So really, the first few weeks of February is when we have all of this Aquarius energy. And then it's going to slowly kind of trickle into Pisces energy. And when that start ha- starts happening, we will have our full moon in Virgo this month on February 24th. And how I like to look at the full moons is look at the last moon. The last full moon was the big Leo one that we had last week. And Leo is putting you in the spotlight. It's literally like the full moon is a spotlight and the spotlight is on you. And it's what do you love about yourself? What do you feel good about yourself? What makes you feel confident? What gives you self-esteem? What are you good at? This is positive uh, reinforcement of the best version of you, encouraging you to be that person, giving you the confidence to follow your dreams, giving you the confidence to approach your dreams in a new, different Aquarian way, because we always have a full moon in Leo in Aquarius season. They're opposite signs, but they help each other out and they work together. Um, So Virgo comes in and Leo's like, I want to do all these big dramatic things. Look at me. I can do it. And Virgo's like, "Okay, well, let's be practical about it. Let's make a list. Let's make a plan. Let's get dates on the calendar. Let's schedule meetings. Let's uh, figure out who can help us. What do we need? What do we need to accomplish these things? 
And the Aquarius energy gave us the ideas of how to do it. And Virgo was like, okay, if this is what we're doing, this is going to be how we're doing it. And it sets the plan in place. It gets things organized. And uh, with a full moon, we're illuminating this thing. um, With a a Virgo full moon is illuminating. How is this going to work? How are we going to make this happen? So pay attention to what comes up for you on the Virgo full moon. And the only thing I have to say about the end of the month is remember, it's a leap year, so we've got an extra day. The key things that I'm focusing on this month in the Just a Phase Moon Planner is to be your own authority. Be the queen of your own world. Be the priestess of your own world. It's up to you to change your life. It's up to to you to look at the negative things that people said about fixed signs and Pluto and Aquarius and saying like, no, I'm not going to have a really shitty 20 years. I'm going to live my life how I want to, and I'm going to do my damnedest to be positive about it and to still try to manifest the things that I want and to not let anybody else tell me how to live my life. (laughs) Um, The other things I'm focusing on this month is just trying new things. This is Aquarius energy. Try new things and perfect them. If you find something that works for you, then then work it out. Figure it out. Use the Virgo full moon to figure it out and organize it. Um, we are transitioning from light until dark. I forgot to mention uh, we have uh, in bulk is February 1st and that is technically midwinter. So we are we're continuing to uh, make our way towards spring. Things are getting lighter. Things are getting warmer. The ground is starting to thaw. Um, we're still in winter. You're still allowed to be lazy if you want to. You're still allowed to hibernate if you want to. But just know that spring is coming and it is right around the corner, especially if you live in the south like I do. And we're getting we're getting ready for spring. That's the last theme for this month is getting ready for spring. And what seeds do you want to plant? What physical seeds if you're planting a garden this year and what uh, metaphorical seeds, what ideas do you want to plant? What things do you want to allow to germinate under the ground for a little while longer before you uh, bring them to the surface before they sprout in spring. So that's all I have to say about that. Remember that you are in charge of your own world. Don't let any astrologer, especially me, (laughs) tell you any differently. You live your life how you want to live it. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful month. Thank you for letting me be here. If you're interested in following the moon more, the Just a Phase Moon Planner is available Uh, both hard copy and digital copy. You can find those on my website at priestessofwonderland.com. I'm also doing uh, tarot readings on Twitch, usually once a week. Uh, Sometimes we do crafting streams on the weekends, and uh, I would love to get to know you and hang out. So um, have a wonderful month. Thank you again, Jenny and and Jeremy for having me, and uh, we'll see you next month. All right. And we are, we are back. Thank Yay. You. Thank you, Allison, the Priestess of Wonderland, for that update. It sounds like it's going to be an interesting February. Yeah. I like all of this Aquarius yeah. energy. Lots of, <laughs> lots of new, new things, new energy. Still winter, but that kind of resonated with me because I feel like they're, like, even though it is kind of like the, uh, this weird, uh, oh, uh, I don't know, like this weird kind of like, uh, lazy winter energy it does feel like they're like uh there's a lot of spring coming up like we're me and you are already planning a lot of stuff for the spring it's like there's we're yes. you know, kind of getting ready for mm-hmm. it so 
yeah so that was good for me that hit that hit home so good job thank yeah, you so, so much and if you Allison. yeah if you are not following the priestess of wonderland uh make sure you go follow her on twitch and if you don't have a just a phase moon planner then what are you even doing <laughs> so go grab one uh go grab one and you can follow along in the monthly updates and over there on her twitch page as well <clears throat> all right so moving on tonight we want to welcome yeah we want to welcome on to the show <laughs> austin wells former paranormal investigator and we were talking a little bit about mediumship stuff so uh uh Paranormal investigator and medium, Austin Wells. Welcome to the show, Austin. How are you doing this evening? Excellent, excellent. So we got started. We want to kind of start off from the beginning a little bit. You talked about how you're a former paranormal investigator, which leads me to believe you don't do too much of it anymore. How did you get started in paranormal investigation? Just was uh, messing around a bit asked online uh in a couple groups uh, i'm from michigan so there's like a very small amount of us out here for whatever reason um and there's a small group that did it here in the area picked me up and uh uh worked out pretty well because i already had like a little bit of experience doing the medium stuff they just kind of helped me along a little more along the lines of uh, what I could do and what I was capable of doing mm -hmm. in the field. Um, yeah. Well, that's we, interesting. We, You're from Michigan. We have, we have quite a few, a lot of people from uh, Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Michiganders in the community here. We've had quite a few guests on from Michigan as well. Mm -hmm. So maybe you said it's hard to find people. It sounds to me like Michigan's a paranormal maybe. hotspot out there. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely got a good amount of areas. A lot of the lighthouses are uh haunted. We do have like uh well the city I'm in, Port Huron, we have a lot of uh places. Um the lighthouse here is haunted. The um uh we have a big place, it's called the McMoran Arena. The uh, theater inside of there is haunted as well by the uh, the owner who put it up. Um, the museum is uh, haunted as well. There's a couple of uh, back uh, streets that uh, just some odd phenomenon goes on in that area. There's just a lot of unexplained things that happen in uh, different parts of that t uh, of it. And I'm really just right in the middle of like a couple of other cities that's just really got some hot spot sections. So uh, is it uh, where you live? Is it near the water? Yes. I wonder and maybe uh, maybe you've wondered this as well. I wonder if because it's close to the water, which there's a lot of water out there, um, you know, water is supposed to have this uh, ability to enhance the paranormal activity because of its qualities do you think do you think that might be part of it that and uh well port huron uh i don't know i think it was um during the uh 1700s or something we had native americans that lived on the ground mm -hmm. and uh there's a couple areas that were considered pretty sacred to them mm -hmm. as well so there's probably also that effect as well Mm -hmm. uh, not only that, but the uh, the waters are kind of kind of tussly, 
Uh, a lot of people die, so there's a oh, lot yeah. of there's a lot of things going on that portion as well. Like the waters will kill you, mm-hmm. and uh, we do have like oh maybe thirty years ago or something like that. There used to be uh, reports of banshee cries coming Ooh. from the waters, so we do have all that kind of stuff going on in this little city. <laughs> Yeah, our uh, one, our Michigan, one, our main Michigander, Luce, was saying uh, there's a lot of shipwrecks. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm just off the um, Blue Water Bridge that connects Canada, and there's uh, shipwrecks from the uh, the 1800s to pretty current. There's actually uh, two uh, freighters that crashed uh, into each other on a foggy night. Mm. And uh, both of them sank, and I believe both of the captains died. Oh, my goodness. And uh, according to a lot of the divers, I've never actually thought to dive down there because they say those waters will tear your face mask off. You can't get anywhere near them. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you mentioned a haunted lighthouse, too, and I was curious. Is there a lighthouse that exists that isn't haunted? Uh, that's actually a good question <laughs> it seems like they all are yeah. yes which actually my raw video that I'm making right now it should be out tomorrow has something about that in it so yeah I've, I've, never, heard, I've never heard of a, a non-haunted lighthouse yeah that seems to be a requirement yeah. uh, you have a lighthouse is a haunted check okay good <laughs> yeah the one that I've got was on uh uh, one of America's most haunted locations, the uh, Fort mm. Gratiot Lighthouse. The awesome. original uh, owner passed away from tuberculosis. Uh, yeah. Mm. Haunted by the owner who keeps the uh, polish on the light. And uh, the owner's cat, who also was found after the person passed away. Mm-hmm. There's reports of a cat running around the uh, the lighthouse, but... There's not actually any cats. It's it's actually a ghost, which is kind of ghost cat. It's yeah. a ghost cat. It's the weirdest thing, but that's what we got. We got a ghost cat in our lighthouse. Ghost cat lighthouse. Ghost cat. That sounds fun. That sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, so I was wondering, um, since you were talking about mediumship too, and you're you got into paranormal stuff, uh, did you have experiences as a kid? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it wasn't unorthodox for me to uh see things like, i i was able to see uh like um spirits and things like that when i was younger mm-hmm. uh it was just something kind of you know wasn't really something you thought of too often i just assumed everyone could see them every once yeah. in a while uh, yes uh, all of us weirdos just think everybody else is a weirdo too <laughs> yeah pretty much but yeah Mm. it was kind of cool and like uh i got into this this group and they helped me understand like uh the push and pull of different energies and then how to read the energy that i can pull Mm -hmm. um it also helped me to like uh if you ever learn how to do the energy push and poles if you coat yourself you can actually hear and talk directly to some spirits if they want to talk to mm-hmm. you kind of a thing 
Yeah. So uh, pretty much uh, most of my time learning that stuff was actually just sitting by uh, any kind of tombstone or grave site and just kind of waiting, listening. And a couple of them would want to talk to you, especially the ones where their uh, gravestones are old enough you couldn't read them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So for you, uh, what was what did it feel like or how did you experience the pushing and pulling of the energy? Uh, well, I had to practice a lot of martial arts to do that. It was just something that I had beforehand. And then I found out you can actually push your physical energy mm -hmm. uh, back and forth. And it wasn't it didn't take too long, maybe a couple months to really be able to use that to read. Uh, if you push your energy into a cursed item or something that's like a tombstone or uh, an urn or something like that, you can really get uh, a spirit's attention pretty quick, to be honest with that piece. Um, and if you can pull energy, you can actually tell if something is haunted or cursed. Uh, sometimes if when I was like at the peak, I could actually touch walls, flooring, anything that was like original to haunted locations and be able to tell, okay, what exactly are we dealing with in this house? Kind of a thing. And if the spirit itself was willing enough, I could actually see who it was. Yeah. Awesome. Did the uh, pushing and pulling of the energy, like, did you feel it physic like in your physical body? Yeah, you can feel it. If you if you're not careful with it, you can actually become fatigued pushing your yeah, own energy. Mhm. Mm yeah. I've gotten a little older, so it's kind of harder for me to push as uh, much as I could. Pulling's a little bit easier still. Mhm. Mm but uh yeah. When you get a little older, you don't have all the stamina in your uh, <laughs> in your in your earlier 20s. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's kind of interesting yeah. because we had we had a guest on uh, a couple months ago uh, named Chongor Daniel, and he does a lot of energy healing. And what you're describing mm -hmm. sounds very similar to that of like being able to push and pull energy. He kind of uses the same language there. Yeah. Are you familiar with that? Uh, yeah, uh, but I don't. <laughs> unfortunately, I don't know how to do the healing piece mm. of it. I never really. Uh, continued my research after uh, uh, retiring in the uh, paranormal field. Uh, I mean, I can still, I still do all my medium stuff that's just un involuntary. Yeah. I still can see spirits. I still can interact with them because that's just who you are. Yeah. Uh, you can't really get rid of that piece, unfortunately. Um, but you know, when you get a little... Um, off balance with it, it's uh, a little bit more uh, tricky to uh, get back into it. Uh, one fun thing that I've learned is uh, uh, mediums can actually do like a telepathy if they're in the same room. Mm -hmm. If you've ever learned that one, yeah, just yeah. you know, hold out the hand and uh, hold your hands. Uh, Above and below, you can actually read memories of another medium. Yeah, yeah. it's all it's like it's all 
connected to the energy of yeah the energy yeah. of the person mm-hmm. uh, so what well, were uh what were some of the places that you got to investigate oh uh, we did uh, the lighthouse we did the uh, museum here um uh, we had a poltergeist that was in a, uh, a cabin that we were called out to uh to figure out because it was being really uh <laughs> it was rude i'll tell you that <laughs> Well, they're usually not nice. <laughs> so this one had like this one had enough energy to throw things and it mm-hmm. wasn't very uh shy about doing it either. So I mean, uh, what we used to do was we'd go in and we'd just talk to the owners, get kind of a feel, try and figure out like the history of the place. Uh, right off the bat when we walked in, it threw a cup at us. It was oh, wow. not very happy with us uh being yeah. in the area. Um, we did find out, like, the cabin was, uh, like, 1860s or something like that, and the old owner was a hermit, so he was, Mm. so the spirit just was, uh... He wasn't also still from the 1860s, was he? He he was, uh, born, uh, he was born in the house back when, uh... Oh, wow. Yeah, back when there was doctors, he was born, lived, and died in that. In that wow, uh, he was original and, to the house too. And he was he was not very happy with people just coming and going. Mm-hmm. Like the uh, the historic community owned it, and that's what that's how we found out. That's how we found out it was haunted because the staff were being attacked by it. Mm. It's, um, it still does it. We couldn't. We couldn't do anything for him. Yeah, <laughs> Luce wanted to know where was. Where is that? Uh, it's actually they they picked it up and moved it off of mm. the original land, so it sits right next to the museum of history. Mm-hmm. So that may have also really <laughs> yeah it, to be yeah. honest mm-hmm. that yeah that's probably not going to make go. it happen yeah. like, get yeah. moved around the museum yeah. itself is haunted because uh, a lot of the artifacts that's in it are actually from a couple of the shipwrecks oh interesting hmm. did you uh, pick up on any of that when you got to investigate the museum it was uh, that one was odd because we went in there expecting, you know, vo- there's voices and footsteps being re- uh, reported throughout the uh, the museum. So, you know, we went in at night and everything was closed. It was just us kind of a thing. Went through the whole thing. I mean, we didn't think anything happened at all. Uh, went through the footage and all that stuff. And we were mm. kind of just showing the... Uh, the curator of the museum, like our footage. And uh, she goes, oh, well, that's weird. And we're like, what, did you see something on the thing? And she goes, no, we unplugged the music box and it played throughout the entire video. Whoa. Yeah, so (laughs) we, for like anyone who really wants to get into paranormal stuff, the small stuff is actually... Sometimes the smaller stuff that you overlook is something that you uh, you might not recognize. Yeah. Yeah, wow. the curator had unplugged the music box, but uh, somehow it still played when we were in there. That's yeah, pretty so. cool. <laughs> we had a question oh. from Apple Cat, and I wanted to see what your take is on it. Um, 
Why do spirits cling to places for centuries after they die versus moving on? What do you think? Well, at least from my understanding on it is, you know, you get into something so well and so often, um, you kind of just put your own energy into a place or a location. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you pass away, it's still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, other times it could be like, that could be your last place. And you had a lot of emotion in that area. Mm-hmm. Memory in one place will also put their energy into it. I'm not exactly sure how that works. Yeah. But that's why like graveyards are usually, uh, jam packed with that kind of energy because they're still remembered there. Uh, true, yeah, by other people who's still living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, those are all good answers. There you go, Apple Cat. I hope that was helpful. <laughs> so, uh, you investigated the lighthouse museum, you got to do the cabin with the crazy poltergeist. Um, oh, I was gonna, yeah, I wanted to see, I was gonna, I asked, um. Did, so when you were at the museum, you got this, they have stuff from the shipwrecks. Like, did you pick, did you pick up on anything like through your mediumistic abilities about the shipwrecked items? Yeah. Uh, there was one in particular that they had. It was, um, they had the whole, uh, so there's this, I don't even know what it's called, but it holds the rope, uh, to the, uh, um, anchor on it. Mm-hmm. They had a whole piece of that, and uh, it was the only thing that wasn't encased. Oh, that we yeah. were uh, when we were in the museum. They said that the only rule was we couldn't mess with anything that was in a case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was one of the only things that I could get my hands on. Yeah, uh, that wasn't encased, and um, uh. Yeah, there's uh, one person in particular on one of those uh, shipwrecks that touched it, and I was able to see, and I could see and interact with him a little bit. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Fortunately, from what I saw from, uh, like, the small vision I could get from the energy that was left on it, he did make it off the ship. Uh, He was one of the people that made it to a lifeboat. But his energy is still on it because he probably was in fear of his life when he touched it and it left his energy in it. Yeah. 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 I think energy does get left behind everywhere. (laughs) We just don't realize it. (laughs) The only uh, downside to uh, being able to read the energy is you only get like that small snippet. Mm -hmm. Just whatever they put into it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like... uh, like, if someone passes away and I pick up their phone, I could get a decent amount of energy from that because we have it all the time. We're always playing on it. We're always messing with it. You've got a lot of energy inside your phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like the more it's interacted with, the more energy gets left. Yeah. Sure. So haunted, what is... Haunted cell phones. That sounds haunted like cell a, phones. <laughs> like 20 years from now, it's just going to be like off is the, there gonna off be... the hook. Cursed, haunted cell phones everywhere. (laughs) Uh, What's the scariest thing that's happened in either a paranormal investigation or just, you know, it didn't have to be? (laughs) Well, uh, so, yeah, one of the locations I didn't really mention was um, 
uh, a while back, there's a uh, a funeral home that actually got shut down within Michigan. It was all over the news and everything. Um, the owners had faked the uh, credentials and stuff like that, oh, yeah. and uh, they had left over eighty bodies to uh, rot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, luckily, they cleaned it up. But we were allowed to get in there. We were wow. able to get in there. And, um, I mean, that place had some horrible energy. You ever, like, you ever just walk into a room and you just have that feeling of something's wrong and I shouldn't be here kind of yeah. a thing? There's only been two times I've ever done that. Uh, there's one house is called the uh, Octagon House outside of Jetto, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's infamous because for some reason people keep buying it. But every owner who's ever owned that house has ended up hung in the attic. Whoa. And there's a, there's a horrible energy when you get oh, up there. I think I saw that on a paranormal show. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did, I, I uh, got to see that. We didn't get to like stay the night because it was just, we deemed it too dangerous. Yeah. But for some reason we decided to uh, go to the rotting morgue. Yeah. <laughs> rotting funeral home. Uh. And, uh, we had full body apparitions. Uh, unfortunately, the cameras never picked up on it, but we saw it. And uh, we were able to confirm with each other, like, uh, you do see that person standing there, right? Like, <laughs> Wow. Wow. So what did, yeah. it, what did it look like? Uh, well, we had three of them that actually uh, appeared wow. to us no wow. problem. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Watcher. We had a watcher that mm-hmm. was a full body apparition. A watcher's just, it's like a tall man, stands about six foot tall, and he's got a wide brim hat. The hat man. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. They're, they're also known as watchers. Watchers. We had, mm-hmm. we had uh, one of those sightings. We saw the little girl was one that was really like, yeah, the little girl in a white dress mm-hmm. was one of them. And then we saw something else that we deemed, when we saw that one, we deemed we're not come, we shouldn't be here at all because it had the elongated fingers. Mm. Uh, we actually saw the glowing eyes and everything like that. It, we saw it in, the, in a hallway uh, that separates the, um, the morgue system with the, um, uh, the, the floor where they, uh, do the embalming piece mm-hmm. and uh it was standing within the uh um embalming area and when we turned around we saw the thing we tried to get it on the camera and when it did it crawled up the wall and disappeared into the ceiling and we said um that's a bad one because yeah. If it has glowing eyes, run. Don't be anywhere near anything like that. Yeah, if it crawls up a wall. (laughs) Yeah, if it crawls up a wall, uh, crawling up walls isn't usually a bad thing. A lot of shadow figures do stuff like that, Mm -hmm. especially the ones that don't want to be seen, uh, like the crawl. But the glowing eyes is kind of the one that we say is the the worst one. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
And on our way out, it did scratch one of the people just across the neck. Mm. We had like three. Uh, like Why is it ones. always three? It's always three. It's we have had them like. Uh, you know, I've never really I've never really thought about why it's always it three. It seems like it's always three. It's always like three scratch marks that are it's always every time it happens. Marks. Yeah. I wonder and why. Always, and there's always like just a top or a bot uh a bottom jaw. There's never like all the whole thing either. I've noticed that too. Hmm. Weird. But that Rossi, was one there was like, a there was another question. Did you wanna ask that one? Yeah, so Applecat has another question. Do spirit get stuck permanently in these types of corrupt funeral homes when this uh, when this happens? So do you think that people are there stuck permanently, or was it just kind of like them hanging around to, to make sure that people knew what, what happened there? Sometimes I feel like if you manipulate or, you know, just let the body be s such a bad state, uh, sometimes spirits will become angry uh, about how they've uh, been discarded i wouldn't say permanently though you can always just you can always sage them um which uh we did we did do a saging for that location because they said it was it was so bad they couldn't get it sold so we did a saging just kind of out of like one uh one the last one was a was obviously more demonic Mm -hmm. uh, and it was going to hurt somebody. So we saged it. Um, but sometimes, yeah, they're per sometimes it's permanent. You can sage all you want, but usually that just gets rid of the bad ones. Sometimes the other ones will stay. It, that kind of surprises me, too, because we talk a lot, especially, you know, having medium, medium Jane Lee here, we talk a lot about, you know, afterwards and like the, the bodies essentially just being like these vehicles for our spirit or whatever. So it kind of mm -hmm. surprises me that we even care at all what happens to us after we die. Like if we're going into this, you know, spirit realm, uh, mm -hmm. uh, that you'd even be concerned about it. But I mean, as a human, I understand it. But yeah. I don't understand why a spirit would necessarily be concerned with it. So well, I think um, in that case, you know, so many of them, I'm, I'm sure that they were also concerned about the people that were still living, like their family members. Yeah, that's like true. Their family members don't know that my body is not where it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, and, and also it's like the fact that you're probably wanting to see some justice of some kind done for the people who, mm -hmm. who did that as well. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that makes a little more sense. The other question I had with that, because you had a lot in that answer there was, uh, the hat man, you called him the watcher. Yeah. <laughs> we were yeah, a lot of, go ahead. A lot of people call him the watcher because, um, well, within, uh, more of the Rocky mountain States, they started calling them, uh, watchers. Mm -hmm. because you usually see them from a distance and we've never been too uh, worried about them because there's no, there's never been any like evidence or reports of them hurting anyone. They usually just watch from a distance, mm -hmm. which is why we call them watchers. Mm -hmm. But a lot yeah. of people do call them uh, yeah. half men. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
I think it's just like the the northern and the southern states called yeah. by a different name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and really. it's, it's just so weird that this same kind of entity gets seen all over the place. Enough for there to be more than one name for it. <laughs> well, enough yeah. that I think almost anybody who's done any kind of, that's into the paranormal at all has heard of the hat man at this point in time. Mm-hmm. I remember listening back in the day, there was kind of arguments going on when people started discussing the hat man about whether or not he was just a, a regular shadow person or whether there was a difference between a shadow person and the hat man. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point they were starting to get kind of enough sightings of basically saying like, this isn't a shadow person. Like this is something that's completely different. Like it has a different feel to it. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know much about it uh, other than that, really uh, like uh, of what's been attributed to it. So. And I mean, uh, uh, shadow figures are diamond dozen. You'll see them all the time. <laughs> I live with one. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, we got one of them here in my house. Uh, we've never thought to try and kick him out before mm-hmm. um, because he only stays in one portion of the house, which, I mean, when we did some digging, we found out that's the original piece and the rest of it's an add-on. Yeah. So he only stays within a certain section of the house. And, uh, like, I saw him. We had a roommate that had saw him as well. And... um it took a while, but then my wife finally saw him as well. Um, but he, he's got a thing for like toying with our dogs. Mm. He doesn't, he doesn't hurt anyone. He hasn't done anything. He'll scare the living hell out of you. But, uh, <laughs> how, do the, like, how do the dogs react to him? The dogs will just bark at him or look at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't, they don't, Scurry, uh, then they scurry away when he moves away. So it's oh. it's kind of like that's how we first found out about him because we'd noticed them go to the bedroom of uh, our roommate a lot, and we were like, well, "What are they doing all the damn time over there?" <laughs> Trying to figure out what they're doing. Uh, but uh, yeah, we found out like, oh, that's where he usually stays is within the the secondary piece of the house but he does move uh from the secondary bedroom to the um main bedroom and into the bathroom that connects those uh but that's usually where he stays and we're not really sure if it's just that's like the one part of the house that hasn't been messed with too much or anything like that uh we're not even sure why he's here yeah. we have i does he seem in, does he seem residual or intelligent to you? He's intelligent enough, yeah. Because uh, if you if you get near him and you uh, kind of like um if you go up to him and like touch the wall where he's where the shadow is, he'll move away. He doesn't mm-hmm. want that, and he doesn't like you staring at him too much. He'll he'll go away. If you look mm-hmm. at him <laughs> too long, so it's a little bit different of a uh, mm. of an entity, but he's not he's not been uh, enough of a pain for us to yeah. worry about, really. If he's just hanging out. He's not really doing anything bad. Yeah, I, I mean, as soon as that thing starts throwing things or leaving scratches on people, <laughs> I'd be saging him pretty quick. Yeah, but, I mean, he's 
he's welcome to this house as much as I am. So he's yeah. pro- he's probably been here longer than me. Why should yeah. I get him kicked out if he's not being a horrible roommate? <laughs> yeah, it got me curious, time. Austin, uh, because you've had these experiences in your home, and we've had uh, some experiences in places we live too. So I, I got a poll started in chat of. Uh, have you ever lived in a haunted house, apartment, or whatever? And so we'll, we'll see what the responses are on that. So far, we have five uh, people who have lived in a haunted house. So that's interesting. <laughs> I got the, uh, I got the uh, Twitch here, so I, I'm kind of watching uh, yeah. a little bit. I do have that delay. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean... Then, uh one of our guys because we had like a good group of them uh for whatever reason that guy was seriously dumb <laughs> are you talking about a living person yeah he was okay he was, like part of, he was part of the uh the uh paranormal team okay and uh well he we found out he liked to uh take small things oh no from locations Oh yeah, and uh, he ended up getting super sick after uh, one of our things. We found out he uh, uh, the from the funeral home he found a uh, uh, a beanie baby mm-hmm. that he brought home, and uh, one of the guys was like, "Hey, uh, Austin, could you check this thing to see if it's." like cursed or something and oh yeah that was a possessed doll it was oh my goodness it was easily tellable and uh i unfortunately i don't have the video of it but we did uh we did do a uh energy push on it and it did animate Mm. uh for one of the guys on camera so there's a video somewhere out there of us uh Putting it, uh, I pushed energy onto it, and we sat it down in a corner, and um, its head moved. Oh, creepy! Uh, one of the arms kind of <laughs> moved a little bit too, so it was kind of like a, oh well, he shouldn't have grabbed that thing. Yeah, really. yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's what's making him sick right there. Is that thing? Yeah, don't take stuff from places. Yeah, no, that's not. one. Yeah. Of the, that's one of the big no-nos. Don't take things because mm-hmm. uh, you're already acting them up and everything. They're gonna find a way to latch on to you. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to take things; they'll latch on to you if they feel the need. Yeah, well, it's it's dangerous enough just buying stuff from you know, like antique shops, taking things from a place that's known to be haunted. You know, it's haunted. Very smart. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's weird to me that there's like a huge market for haunted items. Like yeah. people buy them all the time, uh, and it's weird to me. It's not super difficult to get something haunted. I mean, just just uh, just accidentally leave it at a funeral home. You'll get something haunted pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a there. I understand the big market for like the macabre. Uh, so like, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me that people want to collect those things, but at the same time, I don't know. I was watching an episode of a show the other day where someone was collecting, you know, lots of, uh, weird, uh, 
oddities and stuff like that. And then they were upset that the place they were living was haunted. And it was like, well, <laughs> you know, you gotta, you take one with the other, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so For there's sure. our poll results. Six people yeah. said they've lived in a haunted yeah. house or Who apartment. Knows? Yeah. I mean, no knows. It's not super uh, uncommon. Mm-hmm. Just well, it like, depends on how bad it is, I guess. Like we were saying too, it's like energy gets left everywhere. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I, mean, I think there's, there's like, oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was going to say, and then there's like, there's good and bad spirit uh, types. Mm-hmm. There's the ones that like, uh, ones that uh, you don't even know are there. Uh, because they don't do anything bad or show themselves. And then there's the ones that we all hear about and we see in the movies. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I think that I was just getting ready to say, actually, when I was uh, kind of interrupting there was, was oh, that okay. idea exactly was like, more places are probably haunted than you think. It's just, you know, if you're not living with anything that is like really negative, you might not even really be, a, unless you're like a medium or something, if you're not like open to it and you're not looking mm-hmm. for it, you might not even realize that it's there. Yeah. Very yeah. true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like and we've lived in places, funny. Jenny, where you had, you were like, Oh, well there's some, you know, there's this person here, but I was never aware mm-hmm. of it. It was never like a bet. I've lived in places yeah. where I was in fear but mm-hmm. I wasn't even aware of it. It didn't bother me. Even though you had said something, it wasn't anything that ever entered my radar, as opposed to other places where we lived where I mm-hmm. didn't want to go to bed at night. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. different. Yeah. And like uh, a good example of it is uh, the, it's an older movie, Paranorman. Yeah. Yes, I love yeah. that movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. How he's like talking to like uh, grandma and all the different people that's just walking around town and stuff. It's like, it's all there. It's just mm-hmm. uh, only like uh, mediums and psychics can really see the uh, see those type of people. Yeah. And it's so like, you, I never know. There could be someone sitting on that old couch that grandma had, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so it was a good segue to my next question. Uh, so what's a positive experience you've had with the supernatural, paranormal or spirits? Well, when I was going through the training piece, uh, I had to, you know, try and connect to different ones. And there's a feeling that you get when, like, something wants your attention, but it's not, a like, a horrible uh, one. And I was just in a, uh, in a graveyard with the other guy, and he was uh, kind of leading me through. And I was like... Something wants my attention. I'm not exactly sure where it wants me, so I'm just going to kind of walk my way through this this uh, graveyard in the middle of the night and just kind of figure out which one it is. And we came across, like, one, and it was relatively old. We couldn't tell what the first name was, but the last name was Wells. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, which was, which was unique because I was like, I've never been in this graveyard. Mm-hmm. Just one thing wanted me to come over to a uh, gravesite that was really old and had my last name in it. it. Just happened to have the same last name as you. 
So we were just like, I, I was talking to him like, well, apparently this thing wants my attention. What should I do? Kind of thing, because I'm still new. And he goes, well, if you push and pull your energy, most likely it'll talk to you and everything. So really, its whole thing was, um, it was afraid it was forgotten. Oh, and yeah. it, wanted, it wanted people to know he was a Minuteman. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, in a fun way, we were actually, uh, we then talked to, um, I don't know exactly what they are uh, that runs the whole graveyard. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talked to them about how there's this one guy, there's one gravesite. Its last name is Wells. Uh, but we can't make out the rest of it. And it wanted people to know it was a Minuteman. And the guy went through the records and he goes, oh, yeah, that was um, Augustus, which was just another weird thing that it's very similar. And they said, he's an older, uh, he's an older tombstone. We weren't really exactly sure where he was inside the uh, area. And his uh, tombstone was supposed to be replaced because they found out that uh through the genealogy that he was he was one of the first few Minutemen. Oh wow. Oh interesting. So it was kind of nice to be able to uh I, I never was able to backtrack and figure out where that gravesite was, but they knew yeah. about where. We kind of mm-hmm. gave them a slight uh indication and they were able to find it and uh get that they got like some weird thing that they engrave uh, the ones for it uh, with the Minutemen symbols on them because oh. they're like they're like the uh, the precursors to uh, the uh, the actual uh, National Guard. I yeah. guess was what they were beforehand was Minutemen. Yeah, essentially a state militia. Uh, famously, Massachusetts had the Minutemen in the Revolutionary War. So they're the ones who fight at the Battle of Lexington and Concord and all that. So, yeah, pretty prestigious, you know, I mean, looking back at yeah. American history-wise. Um, I had no clue what, he, what, they, what it was. I had to look it up afterward, yeah. to be honest. Was he, was that someone who's really from, was that someone who was from New England, uh, CMC also, also, or was that something, someone from Michigan? I actually never asked why his stone was there. It was also yeah. weird because it was kind of moved there later. Yeah, it was it was weird because it was standalone. There was uh because a lot of the in the site that was this like, you know, you'd have a lot of them and there was a lot of them that like didn't have names because um uh it's an older gravesite and uh, a lot of people just died from tuberculosis at that time period and mm-hmm. sudden infantile death. So you had a lot of those around this standalone uh, grave. Hmm. You have me really so curious you now. Have, <laughs> you, you pretty much just walk through this, this uh, grave site, and you'll see, like, really, really old names like Greta and things like that. And you just see these really small ones on either side, and it would just say, baby, baby, yeah. in just one year. Like yeah, they didn't so even have a name. It's so sad. They didn't have a name. Yeah. And so a lot of them was like 
you know, sudden infantile deaths in, in the uh, um, early 1800s, uh, way, way back before, like, Port Huron was really, really founded. So they just kind of threw these, they just kind of threw them together. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's in the back of, like, an, an old church that yeah. was then re-renovated into a mausoleum. So, you know, it's it was a really, really old uh, one. So a lot of the grave sites were very difficult to read, yeah. if at all, even uh, together. There was a lot of them that were broken. Mm-hmm. So that's also, uh, that's an easy way to, if you really want to get uh, a hold of a spirit, learn how to push your energy and push it into a broken one. They'll definitely talk to you. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. a lot of the times, the ones that feel like they're forgotten or... um like they they are afraid that nobody knows who they are kind of a thing. They definitely like to talk. They are the ones that you will definitely get an answer from the really, really nice ones that look like someone's really cared for them. They don't normally talk to you. Yeah. They're probably out doing other stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oddly, uh, oddly, um, I've, Notice that soldier ones that have uh, just the uh, name plates on them, not the mm-hmm. uh, like their dog tag name plates on them, they don't interact. And mm. um, the reason why is because there's not actually a body there. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. like maybe they're missing in action or something. Yeah, that's usually what I've been told is there's not mm. actually uh, there's nothing there, unfortunately. Mm. So there's not a lot of energy. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, hate to waste the time of another medium, but you know, don't don't try with those ones because you're not really going to get an answer. Yeah, I actually have a yeah. little side side story about a broken headstone. Um, <laughs> so, my family, my mom and my brother and I went to go to a state park, and we had to go past where I knew that some of my great great my it was like my great grandparents and my great great grandparents were buried there. And I was like, we have to go there. Like, we have to go. And yeah. we show up and we're like looking all over the place. Because I had been there two other times. And I was like, I can't find the headstone. Where did? Where is it? It was the only one in the whole place that since I had been there last was broken. Oh, it no. fallen over. Like, it had cracked and fallen over. And I was like, well, that's why I was supposed to come here. Because I was supposed to find that it was broken so we could get it fixed. Which we did. But yeah. yeah, they just they wanted us to know that it was broke. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fix it. And that's definitely a fun thing about mediums is we've got just this weird ability to just know mm-hmm. when something's wanted or needed. You don't have to be a medium to get that feel like yeah. a thumb in your back kind of a thing pushing you forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, just. Like, well, I'm a twin spirit uh, medium, uh, which is like, uh, so I was supposed to have an older brother just a year before me, Mm -hmm. and his spirits latched to mine. Mm. So that's why, that's how I'm able to interact, because I've actually got a spirit that follows. Um, But other mediums, uh, I don't know if 
if you're just a uh, like your normal one that just has the inapt ability to read, but um, sometimes uh, spirits can be a little bit more deceptive, and they like to push you to an area just so they can attack you. Uh, that doesn't happen with me because the twin spirit keeps me from being attacked. Yeah, so, there's many of us that have good protection. Yeah, luckily, yeah. luckily <laughs> I don't have to like wear uh, any of the stuff or anything because the, the twin spirit uh, uh, protects me from other ones. He also tells me like when something's wrong, mm -hmm. he also can interact and tell me where they are. Uh, unfortunately, I don't see him mm -hmm. like, uh, like how you would expect to see, like just a figure of someone or just, you know, the spirit, uh, wisp like you usually do. Uh, he's just a ball of light to oh, me, cool. unfortunately. Yeah. So that's, that's all any other well, people can see and other mediums see is just a little ball. Well, I mean, that's pretty cool though, because it seems in my experience is sometimes when they show up as light, it's that they're kind of like a higher level energy that they don't, yeah. have, they don't have to be in a form anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. So it sounds like you have a wonderful guide and protector. And I've always thought of it like, because he never came to exist in the first place. Uh, mm -hmm. He's just the ball of energy. So yeah. 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 That's, yeah. that's interesting. That's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, we did have another question from Applecat. Do you think the Hat Man or Watchers is actually some kind of angel of death or a psychopomp spirit that helps people pass on? So I've always kind of figured the uh, Grim Reaper as our uh, as our follower kind of thing. Uh, but the Watcher, Watcher always seems different because... Like, uh, no one's really ever seen the Reaper, mm -hmm. uh, at least not in my experience. I've always thought he's just, uh, the Watchers are just kind of there. Um, they're one of the weird ones because they're intelligent enough. You can definitely tell that something's different about a Watcher. Mm -hmm. Um, but... They're not even like uh, known as to be bad omens or anything like that. They just seem to be curious. Um, they so, definitely scare the crap out of people, though. Yeah, because you definitely can tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot of people think that they're like uh, one to be worried about because they have just a shape. Yeah. And they're very, very uh, noticeable. Mm -hmm. But um, luckily, they don't hurt anyone. So I, I've never really thought about what exactly he does. Yeah. I've always yeah. just thought they're like, like a curious soul or just someone who didn't want to go. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. There's been a lot of speculation on that, that it's like the same entity, that it's like this one thing. But the people do see them with different hats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like the one people out see them in bowler hats, people see them in top hats, people see them in all kinds of different hats. Around huh. here, it's kind of more like um it's kind of more cowboy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Why wide brim? 
And it's weird because, like, at least in my experience, uh, different entities either give you different type of vibes. Like, like my shadow figure here, uh, he's he's there. He just wants to interact with people kind of thing. Uh, he's just wanders a bit. But um, then you've got the ones that, like, they want to talk or they want to be remembered and then they're gone when they've mm-hmm. uh when they've talked to you a lot of them's like that yeah and then there's the ones that just want to do harm the watcher's weird because he does not interact with people mm-hmm. he's usually at a distance and he always watches people from a from a farther away so he's very unique but Honestly, I don't think he's like a trap soul or anything like that. He's something else. Yeah, that's that's what I kind of think too. May of Autumn said that uh, they saw a hat man in a theater. They worked out uh, in the West, which was a very old building that was 100 plus years old. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty common. That damn hat man's all over the place. The hat man is different. The hat man is different, right, than the red eyes? Because I hear yeah. lots of stories of that, too. The The black figure, the, the shadow figure with the red eyes is something else I've heard. I've had, like, not just seeing on, like, ghost shows or seeing on podcasts, but I've had multiple people that I've talked to in conversation that had a shadow figure with red eyes that would stare at them in their bed. Mm. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, uh... Uh, I've always thought, like, uh, because I, I've had that, uh, someone asked me about that once, and we, uh, went and investigated, only to find out, like, the house wasn't haunted one bit at all. Um, uh, he had sleep paralysis. hmm Yeah. So, I think a lot of people kind of get those kind of, um stuck together because unfortunately there's a lot of people with sleep paralysis that uh see a figure uh inside of that uh inside that as well terrible stuff very terrible stuff yeah interesting Mm -hmm. enough we had a guest on recently who shared some stories about sleep paralysis that made us wonder if it was really sleep paralysis or what's well, going that, on during sleep paralysis? <laughs> or for his particular experience, yeah. the, it, there was some instances that weren't sleep paralysis. That yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got like shoved off the bed. Yeah, or he was standing yeah. at the window. Like you're not per, you're not paralyzed <laughs> if you got up and walked to the window. Sorry. Yeah. 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 That's that that that's interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. And the the little girl's the one that you got to be a little bit more worried for because she goes either way. Uh, uh, we've had, unfortunately, we got a couple schools in the area that's haunted in that portion, and they have a little girl. There's a uh, middle school, uh, and they've got one. And, I mean... Faculty and students have seen her equally, uh, and they've actually given her the name Sally. Mm. But uh, everyone's like, oh, Sally's nice. She likes to play with uh, the basketball. 
she likes to, she'll roll balls from the um uh she'll push uh different balls and uh things from uh the gymnasium she'll move those around there's always at least one or two of them that's always off the rack when you go to open up in the morning uh i only i only knew about it because i was a uh, custodian and i had seen her mm-hmm. and uh like a lot of the teachers and kids are like oh that's sally she's fine she's nice and uh when i was talking to him i was like uh like has sally ever done anything like terrible like <laughs> hurt somebody and uh one of the teachers like the oldest teacher in the building she goes no sally's nice it's the nun you want to worry about oh yeah apparently uh back in the uh uh, again, the 1800s, it was a uh, an old boarding school, and mm-hmm. the original portion that I cleaned and worked on was the building that wasn't added on afterward. And uh, the reason why she stayed in that portion was because that was the original piece. Well, apparently there was this nun that worked there, and... Uh, we actually found records and stuff and some old pictures and stuff uh, underneath the boiler system when they removed it and replaced it with, like, the new modern stuff. And, yeah, there was actually, like, the little girl, Sally, that we all know and love from that area in the same dress as we see her there oh, today. wow. And, um... It was kind of cool because a lot of us, like, picked it up and we were like, hey, look, right there, Sally. But uh, I can't, we, it had her real name on the thing. We just mm-hmm. forgot what it was. Yeah. Because everyone was so, so keen on uh, Sally. Uh, yeah, you're but, not going to yeah, change it at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there was, uh, there was a nun on the uh, picture as well. And I had only one run in with the nun and she was not a very nice person. Uh-huh. Yeah, we had one incident, um, it was a, uh, uh, one of our weird, uh, we had a door that connected, uh, the outside, and it was, like, original to the building, so they never decided to do anything, and the weird thing about it was the whole thing just fell off the hinges and fell down, Uh and we... We got a call, like the custodians got a call because we had to repair things when they break. They go, oh, the door over here broke. And when I picked up the phone, I looked at the other guy and he go, I go, um, the door to uh, room 13 is uh, has fallen over. And he kind of looked over and he just goes, well, that ain't right. That thing's been welded for 13 years. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So we fixed it. It fell off the hinges again last, uh, like, in the middle of the night. I heard it when I was cleaning. Mm. And I walked in the room, and there was the nun. The nun was standing oh. up, a full-body apparition inside <laughs> the room. Oh, I never closed the door so fast in my life. That <laughs> the hell out of me. <laughs> my and dad went to like, a yeah. Catholic school for and a little, was, little uh, bit when he was a kid, and he... Uh... He hated the nuns because they smacked his hand with a ruler. 
Oh yeah. It, that was, that was one of the things if she got, if uh, she got close enough to you, a couple of the teachers would say she would leave a ruler shape uh, mark on uh, either your hands or your butt. Oh yeah. She's still like yeah. smacking people. Uh, Luce wanted to know what, Luce wanted to know what school this is. Uh, that school is Fort Gratiot Middle School. Okay. Yeah. There you Interesting. go. So, yeah. None. <laughs> and that experience happened before I actually got into paranormal researching. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah, that was just one of my older uh, ones. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Real quick, I want to bring up, so, you know, when we were talking on about how to introduce you and everything when you came on the show as former paranormal investigator, what uh, what made you stop investigating and do you plan to investigate possibly in the future or are you, are you completely out now? Oh, um, well, I stopped uh, doing it because unfortunately we ha- uh, me and a couple of the guys had a falling out. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Me and the original people of the group uh, had a, a huge falling out. Okay, so it's just um, the people you're with. Yeah, but um, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't try again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I might be a little older and uh, not as fast at running away when things scare <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, I don't see why I wouldn't ever uh, jump back in. I mean, yeah. you got a bunch of listeners apparently from... Uh, Michigan, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't mind uh, teaming up with one or two of these people. Uh, it's not, it's a bit of uh, fun. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit of fun when uh, you got the uh, the group with you. Mm-hmm. Because you can get from uh, different angles and things like that. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the twin spirit really kind of ruins it for me because... Yeah. Um, <clears throat> They, they don't want to act up when you've got when oh, yeah, yeah. their own spirit. That uh, makes sense. Which is why we had this one guy who was just accident prone with them. He always got bit. He always got scratched. That was just this <laughs> thing. It wasn't the same guy that was stealing stuff, was it? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> which was kind of funny because when we found out that the one guy was... Uh, uh, that was that was like uh, a couple of us because he was like uh, we had one guy he was kind of like an intern he'd just come every once in a while mm-hmm. um, but the other guy was like our usual one he he was almost one of our leaders that always okay. got attacked oh my goodness yeah uh, I mean he got bit he was the one that got scratched at the funeral home. Uh, mm. He almost got pushed downstairs once. I mean, he was just, he was the target kind of thing. It sounded uh, like he needed this, the spirit guide. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, he needed it more. <laughs> uh, we, I got, I, uh, we used to, uh, but like towards the end, uh, we started teaming him a little closer to me. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they would leave him alone a little more often. Oh, that's at good. That point. Yeah. Poor fella. Uh, and if if not, at least I could give them a heads up. Like, hey, they're they're stirred up decently. You might want to wait outside, kind of <laughs> thing. Because uh, there's one time when we had 
like it was just a uh it was just someone's home and it was like one of the uh spirits was being a little more mean than it used to be mm-hmm. kind of a thing and uh we found out it was like uh it was like some abusive thing that happened mm-hmm. and that was what was residual yeah uh, energy inside of it so it attacked people uh for that for just its own reasons Mm-hmm. And uh, well, we weren't getting what we kind of wanted. We wanted to see things going on. We wanted something to happen. So our thought was, well, every time someone gets into this uh, closet here, that's when they get attacked and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, Austin's got the most protection. Uh, he can he can sit in the closet and <laughs> irritate this thing enough until it does something. And he just happened to walk in to fix a camera. And uh, you know those little, uh, a spirit box, mm-hmm. where it just makes the chattering sound? So it's chattering, chattering and stuff. He comes in, fixes the camera, and all we hear is die, and he hits the floor. Oh, my <laughs> so, goodness. Wow. It grabbed his leg and uh, knocked him right down. Wow. wow. Well, you know, and it's always it's always interesting you know, and as a medium, I guess, you know, having this experiences, it's different uh, investigating with the medium. Uh, and then you, you kind of have to change up the way you investigate when you have a medium as well for the people who are just trying to use the equipment to find evidence. That, was mm-hmm. that a problem for you or were you guys able to adapt to that pretty well? Uh, I mean, they'd still use the equipment because I feel like uh, maybe they want to be heard a little bit more. Uh, or something like that. Maybe they just weren't satisfied enough with just one person being able to hear and interact. The equipment's good. Uh, yeah, you still good. want the evidence. Yeah, yeah. and the equipment's oh, yeah. good confirmation and validation yeah. for the medium too that it's not just you. Yeah, yeah. but they, they still seem to uh, interact about the same. Uh, luckily, they they still do about the same as what you'd expect. Uh. Though having a medium on the team's nice for, like the um, like if someone's having uh, sleep paralysis and not actual, it's kind of yeah. nice to have that before setting up all the equipment and wasting mm-hmm. wasting a good uh, six hours on a location that's yeah. not actually haunted. Uh, I feel like that's kind of a nice uh, change because we had that and other groups didn't. Mm-hmm. Um. That's one thing that's nice. Um, also, having a medium is kind of nice if you want to like date things with uh, the uh, the reading of energy piece as mm-hmm. well. Uh, that kind of gives you a little bit more of like a feel of it, and uh, being able to uh, do some uh, investigating when you know that something's not. Uh, uh terrible to you that's not like demonic is a lot nicer because then you don't have to step into a room and have to uh like be on your toes at all times like most other uh paranormal investigators do yeah. like we can, we can walk in and touch like uh like the door or um uh like a door or a key to the house or something that's original that never was moved or t- uh, messed with, 
uh, and then we can give it like a okay. So this is a uh, this is just an older lady that passed away that lived here for a long time, and then we can like set up and you know if she wants us to go one way or the next, then we're like oh she's not gonna hurt us kind of a thing. We can do we can interact with this one completely different, whereas. It's a little bit upsetting when uh, you walk into an area and you have no clue and you have to be like, well, it wants me to go into here, but we're not exactly sure if this one's going to be nice to us or not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Could lead, could lead you down the hallway and throw you. I mean, it's <laughs> it's completely different when you have to be on your toes. Uh, yes. So, I mean, having a medium is really, really a nice change of pace because a medium can tell you if it's good or bad, if it's haunted or not. Yeah, you kind of get the heads up before you go in there. Yeah, whereas <laughs> we had, there's another group that we'd interact with out in Ohio, and they'd mm -hmm. come up and down, and they'd tell us about, like, all the horror stories about how they didn't have a medium. They had no clue what they were getting into. <laughs> they had one, and they thought, like, they thought it was the, uh, uh, they thought it was like a uh, a soul of a a child that had passed away, and it wasn't. Mm -hmm. um, but they were they were a lot more like into it than we were. Like they had a guy who studied and had a uh, like a actual degree in demonology. Oh, cool! And they said it was an actual it was an actual demon because it mm -hmm. said its name inside of one of the spirit boxes. And they knew exactly what was, what they were dealing with was like a actual uh, demon. So, yeah, I've, I've heard that before. That uh, sometimes what people think it's children is actually yeah. something being deceptive. A long, yeah. a long it time a ago, video. I was listening to a to a broadcast. I think it was uh, probably Art Bell, and there was, there was someone on that show, and it's always stuck with me as. That whenever you have a child come through the other side, you should be very, very wary because evil spirits will use children to get your guard down. Would you kind of agree or with they, that? Or? They also uh, like to take on the the voice and stuff of children. They can manipulate us very easy that way. And that's what happened to them. Uh, mm -hmm. Because... Uh, they had like they had a ball that it uh, the, it rolled for them a little bit, and it giggled inside the uh, the spirit box and all that, and like they heard the uh, the voices outside of the uh, the equipment as well. Mm -hmm. So they thought they they were hook line and sinker for that that kid act, but um. They said, like, at one point, just the energy shifted really quick. Mm. And the girl's voice wasn't a girl's voice anymore. And uh, they yeah. actually said the, the name of the uh, the name of the demon was Chernobog, yeah. which is a demon of uh, uh, misfortune and uh, uh, mystique or something like that. And they said it was it wasn't very fun after that because it went from they heard guttural uh, they heard guttural um, grumblings and growls. Uh, it talked on the uh, 
it actually talked on the thing. Chernobog is not a demon. I must be thinking of a whole different thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chernodog yeah. is like, oh no, he did say bog. I'm just reading it weird. <laughs> we have, a, cup, we have a couple more questions. <laughs> There's a couple more questions. Alcat uh, oh, yeah. said, have you ever considered applying your talents to anything other than spirits like cryptids, for instance? I I do study cryptids. Uh, so for a little bit after I did the um, the uh, paranormal investigating and stuff like that, uh, I worked with uh, actually a couple of uh, Bigfoot hunters for a little Ooh. bit. Tell us more. And, uh, <laughs> that was a fun one because like, well, we're in Michigan. We don't have bigfoot <laughs> so it was kind of it's kind of funny you think you uh, don't have bigfoot <laughs> yeah uh like he's in washington is what okay. is more known but um i mean we took a couple trips out to some woods and uh where there's like some strange things going on and someone had said they saw something um but we really just came to the conclusion that his buddy uh, was drunk in a ghillie suit in the middle of the night. Um, we did that. We uh, uh, went off beat for a little bit and we did um, the uh, uh, hunt for uh, skinwalkers for a little mm -hmm. bit. Uh, in particular, um, the um oh how do you pronounce that thing so it's a famous it's one of the famous shift shapeshifters hmm. can't remember how it's pronounced it's been a little bit um but yeah we did that one for a little bit the rake was another real mm. big one mm -hmm. um yeah uh it, Unfortunately, that team went missing. I was, uh, yeah, when they started going after skinwalkers and, uh, oh man, I can't remember the, uh, the actual one because they went after that one and, uh, two of the guys just ended up missing. They never found them or anything. And the other guy went into like mass hysteria. Oh my they, goodness. They locked wow. them up. Uh, if anyone can remember that one. I guess they found the skinwalkers, maybe. Yeah, because, uh, like, when they found him, he was in, like, some uh, abandoned cabin, and he uh, kept repeating uh, the the thing that they were going after had taken the other two. Mm -hmm. So it was like a, uh, oh, no, that might, that might actually exist then. Yeah. Goodness because he gracious. was... He was the calm guy, too. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, like, when they found him and everything, they said, like, well, there's no way this guy would have done anything to these two guys. One of the guys was his brother. Oh, wow. Um, And it was like he, he didn't have a bad bone in his body mm -hmm. anything like that. And, um, uh, oh, yeah, dog man. We did that one for a little bit, but, uh, man, I'm trying to remember the name of it now. I thought it started with a W or something. 
Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I'm kind of starting to remember it too, but I can't, I can't think of what it's called. Yeah. I'm just going to um, like remember it and shout it out in the middle of nowhere. So, you know, so did you, did you have any, uh, did you have any experiences on looking for the different cryptids? Like, did you see anything or experience anything? I mean, well, one of your people, Apple cat, uh, uh, said dog man. We did find some weird fur mm-hmm. uh, when we were investigating some woods. Um, Wendigo. Wendigo. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. Thanks, May of Autumn. <laughs> oh, May of Autumn, you're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, uh, we did the dog man and we had found some uh, fur mm. that um, didn't we took it to a DNR and they couldn't figure out like what species it came from. And it was also weird because it was like about, it was stuck on a tree at like uh, four and a half feet, like Mm -hmm. at a four and a half foot uh, section. And there's just some, some, uh, some rumors and stuff that something was out there uh, harassing cattle nearby. Mm. And um, like, well, the only animals that it could have been was like, um, it could have been a black bear. It wasn't a black bear uh, mm-hmm. because the fur was like a, a reddish gray color. And mm. it couldn't have been coyotes because they don't stand four four feet tall. Mm-hmm. So, that one was like a had that for a long time. We put out cameras and I mean, 10 days went by and we never saw anything, hmm. but we never, Oh, we never came across any more of this, this odd fur. It's weird. I think so, that cryptids in some ways are more elusive than, than ghosts and UFOs. I feel like the yeah. cryptids are the hardest ones to see. Reddish gray. Not many with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. It was, uh, it was the elusive Michigan orangutan. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Dogman is uh, Michigan's cryptid. Oh, uh, yeah, Dogman. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, that's one of them. We, we do have our own, uh, like, uh, Nessie. We, we have our own mm-hmm. variation of uh, Nessie in our Great Lakes. Yeah. But uh they did they did figure out what that was. Um we had a uh <laughs> they found that there was actually a variation of um a fish that people were uh mistaking for it. Mm-hmm. If you've ever heard of a lake sturgeon. Yeah. Which sturgeon are giant. Those sturgeons huge. are scary looking, yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah. they're they're actually from that area. There's and, another um, Michigander. My goodness, we have a lot of yeah. friends. <laughs> Prize City's area. I actually work in that area, so I do know exactly where that is. <laughs> yeah, I think if you know, like, we don't really, as far as I know, uh, and I'm kind of in the Mid Atlantic or this or the South here in Virginia, and uh, mm-hmm. we don't have any kind of sturgeon. Sturgeons are more like Alaska and Great Lakes and stuff like that, right? But like, I've yeah. seen sturgeons before, and if you were to not if you were like someone like me who was coming from an area where you're used to a fish looking like a bass or a, or a bluefish or something <laughs> like that bluegill. And then all of a sudden you saw a sturgeon in a lake, you would very easily be able to think that you saw some kind of sea monster because they are scary looking and they're 
they're pretty they huge. Really they're really big. big, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, these ones are like very particular uh, because they, these ones still have the armor plating and uh, uh, they thrive here because they're kind of our fish. It's one of our fish that we just don't touch. Mm-hmm. They're not very edible either. So the fishermen really don't try to go after them. Yeah. Uh, but they're mainly a... Uh, uh, they're mainly a bottom feeding fish. Apple yeah. cat is definitely right. Sturgeons can grow over 10 feet. feet. Yeah. Wow. Uh, they can also live up to 115 years, if I remember correctly. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're kind of a bottom feeder fish. So those little suction cup fish that you get for your tanks, mm-hmm. they're just that. Giant just ones. Big. Yeah. Big. <laughs> And they're armor plated. Nothing really eats them. Mm. So they thrive over here. So when one actually swims up to the surface and you see the thing, it's like a, uh oh, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. That's not supposed to be in the water. Mm. And I mean, they're easily mistaken for like sharks because they're, they're decently big. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, but luckily. Um, yeah, yeah. We have we have our own little festival called Sturgeon Fest, and we have like uh, a couple of fishermen will actually try to go after them oh, yeah. for this festival. So you can actually see them in a they put them in a pool, so you can actually get up close and pet the things. And yeah, wow. they can. I think they grow up to um, ah twelve feet or something like that. They're they're big. Yeah, around yeah, they get sizable. Yeah. yeah. They look pretty big. Applecat had another question a little while ago. Did you get to work with the demonologist? No, unfortunately, I never got to uh I never got to meet him in person. Mm-hmm. They never came up this way and we di- we never actually went down to Ohio. Yeah. So unfortunately, no, we never uh, we never met him. Uh but he Apple was pretty Cat. decent. Applecat, I think we're going to have a demonologist on here soon. <laughs> there we go. So you'll get to ask some demonologist questions. Yeah. And that uh, and that, that allows me to do, uh, if you've jumped in since the beginning, we're here with Austin Wells. We're talking about paranormal investigation. We're talking about mediumship. We're talking about cryptids. We're talking about all kinds of weird things this evening. I mean, it's only weird if uh, you're not into it, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that, yeah. that, that's what we are here. We're all about the weird. We have our uh, our team weird. And um, yeah. so um, if you have any final questions for the night, time's starting to wrap up. So if you have some final questions, something you wanted to talk about, uh, something you wanted to ask Austin, feel free to highlight it and put it in chat. Um, and just to kind of uh, uh, reset that there. Um so let's continue. We got we got a couple more minutes left before we have to wrap up. Is there mm-hmm. any other stories you had that you wanted to share with us? Any personal experiences you had on some of these investigations? Um, let's see. I know we were in the cryptid piece. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, that Bigfoot. was... Have, have, have you ever gone out looking for... Have you ever had any... Uh, is that a big I mean, thing in Michigan? We looked and stuff, but it seemed like... Uh, here in Michigan, everything that goes like uh, Bigfoot sightings always ends up as the dog man because yeah, he's more known than yeah. And so, 
We have the same um, thing here. There's a lot of dog. We had somebody on who was talking about Virginia cryptids, and the most common sighted one was like a wolf man or a dog man. So that seems yeah. to be pretty. <clears throat> what about UFOs? I, I have to ask this because I've gotten to a point where I said, <laughs> if you ask, I'm going to start asking, I think, every guest. I'm going to do Everybody, this from now on. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen a UFO? Uh, I have seen one once when we were actually uh, doing a paranormal investigation. There was something that was kind of more unexplained. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was it was odd because like a couple other people in the area had saw this thing. Uh, it hovered because we were doing an outdoor one off a road. It was like someone crashed and died years back and the road is haunted. So we were there just kind of poking through the woods and up and down the, uh, the area. Um, and, uh, like this big light, like almost like someone turned on a street light and we're like, well, what the heck is that? There's no street lights in this area. We're in the middle of like the sticks kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we look up and there's this thing and it's got like, uh, it was weird because it had a blue light, not a green light. Like you would expect from like a plane mm-hmm. and it wasn't like moving. It was just sitting there and it had like a light to it, like almost like a, uh, like a helicopter or something, but it wasn't making any noise. Um, and I guess like someone, uh, maybe two miles, uh, up the road also had seen it, Mm -hmm. uh, and reported it as well to like a uh, local news team or something like that. And they were like, it was, it was uh, rounded, but it was triangular and uh, mm, shaped. Okay. It hovered in the uh, in space for a bit, then it just went backward and disappeared. Mm. And that's what we kind of saw too, because it was like you know, it was like triangular, but the piece that was what we assumed was the front must not have been the front because it went oh, yeah. backward. And disappeared, and there's like a bunch of other people were like talking about it, and was like, "Oh, what was that?" and everything. And uh, I guess a while a while later, maybe like a day or so, I guess. Uh, <laughs> well, we got a military base not too far, the mm-hmm. Selfridge military base, and they were like, "Oh, it was a Black Hawk," is what they kept mm-hmm. telling people mm-hmm. on the news, and we were thinking like, "Yeah." sure it was like <laughs> nobody bought that yeah uh, Blackhawks are loud too Blackhawks Helico- are very loud just a helicopter in general is loud yeah, yeah. and it was you can't like, not hear it I know Blackhawks are loud because I used to have a Blackhawk landing pad right outside where I had to sleep so <laughs> there was no getting any sleep when the Blackhawks were coming in and out <laughs> go, go ahead I'll sleep <laughs> Uh, that was uh, so that went on for a bit because a lot of people got really angry with that answer, uh-huh. and I guess like uh, uh, then like I don't know maybe uh, three or three more days after that whole thing, and just people were getting heated about it. And we're going to go out and try and figure out what this thing was because I guess they are having people running around, and some guy got arrested for flying over the base no, uh, no. 
on a makeshift uh, paraglider and stuff like that. And I guess like uh, there's a leak on their thing that they had one of those stealth bombers uh, in production. Uh, like there's a stealth bomber that was being tested oh, and yeah. they had like a picture of the thing. And I mean, it kind of looks similar to it and everything, mm-hmm. but I'm still, I'm still pretty skeptical because I've seen how those things fly yeah, and they fly towards the point, not away from the point. Yeah. So put it in reverse. I, I was like, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people simmered down after that that leak happened, but yeah. I was like, oh, that's just another, that's just another weird thing that they just throw out there that um doesn't seem that doesn't seem like it's uh, real to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we got two more questions before we wrap up for the evening. First. Would you ever want to ins- investigate Skinwalker Ranch? Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, I don't know. After uh, my old cryptid buddies uh, disappeared, <laughs> I kind of don't want to. No. Okay. And then the other question was, how can people find you? Especially our oh. all our our Michigan friends want to know where they can yeah, find you. So it's, it's silly because um, uh, I'm on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, my main project I do is, uh, I, I teach, uh, another nerd piece of, uh, <laughs> uh Jedi arts and stuff oh, like that's that. Oh, cool. We're all into nerd stuff around here. Yeah. So, uh, you can easily find me, uh, under the name Austin Wells. Uh, I'm in full Jedi garb. There you go. Of- there we go. Look for the Jedi of- picture of someone Austin named Austin Wells. Wells on Facebook and that's him. <laughs> yeah and uh, uh other than that i mean like if you can't find me there everything uh everything else that i use that social media is just port side rogues like uh rogue one from okay. the star wars films and if it's if it looks like a uh uh it's just a skull holding uh two lightsabers like a uh, a pirate flag is that's that's me as well okay that's another oh. easy way to find me excellent last question awesome. yoda or obi-wan uh obi-wan <laughs> right. everyone's always like why why obi-wan i'm like well, you know he beat anakin and yoda went running so <laughs> all right uh, guys so to all of you listening out there in podcast land we appreciate you for listening uh if you can please leave us a review click on subscribe if you enjoyed the show and we'll have another episode to you soon thank you for joining us and we will see you all next time <laughs>